Mais vas-y pour un petit coup de rififi Je voudrais m'en mêler, mais du doigt Il me montre la porte et me dit tire-toi Et quand il revient sans rien dire Avec son méchant petit sourire À mon tour ça ne fait pas un pli Je suis bonne pour le rififi My wife said the funniest thing. What did she say? Oh, you'll never believe what it is that my wife said. What did she say? Oh, you'll never believe. You, you, you want to know what my wife said? I want to know oh, what you'll she never said. believe what she said. So I my need to wife, hear this. My wife. Your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I met her. I met her. Yeah, She's a nice yeah, lady. My, yeah, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your wife. What did your wife do? <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. You know what? We got to go to commercial. We got to go to commercial. Welcome to the Lobby Boys. Welcome to the Lobby Boys. Welcome to the Lobby Boys, everyone. Thank you for joining us again for another Verbose episode of the... Visual audio stimulus. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a uh, this could be an interesting one. It's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be interesting it's because be interesting. it's kind of a niche episode, I guess you can say. A niche episode. A niche episode. A Nietzsche episode. <laughs> a niche. A Nietzsche episode. A Nietzsche episode. I'll bring out all my thoughts on nihilism today. So, as you can tell from the title, we are doing. The movie Rafifi, a classic uh, American movie, as we all know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Subtitles French, yay. <laughs> no. uh, so, I'm not going to talk about French. Uh oh, not today. You can't coerce me into talking about the French, Dad. Sit in the chair now, and we're going to do this. That's right. My hands being forced, people. Yes. And my hands, my filthy fingers, I hold Rafifi on Blu-ray. He has those dirty, dirty fingers of a man who will get off work, but he won't wash his hands after mm-hmm. getting off work. You ever uh, just hate that? Yeah. I fucking hate guys like that. They come with the dirtiest fucking hands. It's like, just rinse them underwater real quick or something. Yeah. Don't hand me your $20 bill. So this is the Criterion Edition. I love Criterion. Uh, they... Do great transfers. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, there's just a movie that they'll put out that uh, I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I watch it. I'm like, how have I never seen this movie before? Yeah. And then you find out like, oh, this movie hasn't been on video before. Yeah. Well, I recently, speaking of that, I recently mm-hmm. learned something interesting. With that. So the only reason why we have Nosferatu is because mm-hmm. a French film collector mm-hmm. um, had it. Uh, in his collection uh, while everything else was being destroyed and he hid it away and he hid it all the way through World War uh, II yeah. uh, as the Nazis like destroyed everything. So because of him, we still have the uh, this influential movie. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It was really cool to learn about. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of, it's kind of what Criterion does. Yes. And, uh, it's very important uh, that we have such, uh, such collections um, mm-hmm. held because my opinion, I think it's very important to keep a lot of old things like that preserved. Yeah. I think it's important, uh, both as a cultural standpoint and as a standpoint for us to learn from a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, any art form, really, honestly, books, yeah. paintings, movies, it's just, it's mm-hmm. all very important uh, for it, us it, to keep them. Most things, m- most works of art are kind of snapshots of that time, uh, kind of an idea of, uh, 
where the society was, you know, good or bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, film is an interesting thing because there are so many different, um, I don't know, just so many different genres and you can kind of, kind of get a sense of what was going on. Yeah, you definitely can. Um, some some are you know come at you with a hammer over the head, but um, others it's it's a little subtle. Yeah, you, know, you get some symbolism in them, like a uh, John Carpenter with his anti Reagan stuff in his movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the eighties was an interesting time for social commentary. It really was. Um, get some interesting late sixties, uh, early seventies uh, movies about race. They had a lot of uh, TV shows and stuff uh, that focused on, like, the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek had a lot of uh, uh, political talks uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Though some people are surprised to hear that Star Trek has politics in it. Yeah, which is weird. I don't know what shows or movies they've been watching because mm-hmm. it's always been there. Yeah, that's been one of the cornerstones of it. But today... We're talking Rafifi. Rafifi. Like I said, this is the Criterion Collection version. Uh, I do have it on Blu-ray. It come out in the year of 1955. Uh, here's what I know about Rafifi. It is a heist movie. Oh, I fucking love heist movies. Yes, we do. I love them so much. You know what's something we should talk about sometime? Hmm. The Italian job. We should watch that again watch and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, 100% we will. Michael Caine version to specify. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the Mark Wahlberg version, but I like the actual heisting in Michael Caine version. It's fine. So, um, other than what I just said, what do you know about Rafifi? Without going into any spoilers of anything we know. It came out the year that Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. Mm-hmm. And also, I think Godzilla, no, no, not Godzilla Raids Again. Godzilla Raids Again came out in 1956. Okay, cool. Um, it's French. Mm-hmm. It is French, and the Black director White, French. And the director for it was blacklisted in Hollywood, so he moved to Paris. Yes, known for brute force and the Naked City. Uh, do you know what uh what was going on with the blacklisting? So, during the Red Scare of the late forties and fifties, um, there was a lot of directors and actors in Hollywood that were put under suspicion by the FBI as being uh, communists or spies yeah. of uh, the Soviets in general. So anyone that was suspected as being well, a... Well, it wasn't really the Soviets. It was just communists. They to associate communists. with Soviets sometimes. But what if you being, think about it, if you think about Clue, that's what they were talking about. Like when, uh, yeah, Mr. When, when Wadsworth says the, uh, his wife had friends that were socialists and then they were all like, Oh, oh my God. Yeah. But blacklisting was basically that anyone who was communist or suspected of being communist or socialist well, there, there were, were, there were 10 filmmakers that were blacklisted. Um, and they, uh, basically studios said that they would hire them as long as they would, uh, basically say oh no i'm i'm not and have i never been 
part of the Communist Party. Um, kind of a uh, a thing that they had that uh, um, people that were involved in the group at the time, if anybody asked them if they were, uh, that the group technically would be was uh, dissolved and so they can say no but then they would they change the questioning to uh have you ever been or are you or not, are you now or have you ever been a part of it so that and then people would refuse to answer so that's how they have get blacklisted you have uh, trudeau uh, notoriously uh who um in the movie spartacus you ever seen Spartacus? I've heard of Spartacus. You know the part where it's like, you know, they're looking for Spartacus. And yeah. Everybody's dead. Well, that that's kind of seen as a um, uh, standing up for, you know, others to have their beliefs. You know, and then by everybody standing together as one. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, there were a, a list of specific people that were blacklisted. Um. I don't have the full list, sadly, but uh, it's definitely a point in American history and film history that uh, not a lot of people know and not a lot of people understand. They just think, oh, they were just these dirty commies. And uh, and it was kind of a scary time for a lot of people because they would it get was. Well, just somebody asking a question in a newspaper mm-hmm. of like, let, let's say now, um, like a lot of people equate it with, you know, the quote unquote, which isn't real cancel culture of, you know, that's, that's what it's just like. And it's, it's not, it's a little different. Um, it's greatly different. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a dark time for people because people were, and it wasn't just, um, you know, known writers and all that. You could just been a grip. Or you could have been somebody that works at a restaurant and somebody, I think, you, you know, I, I think Naveed may, uh, may be a communist. You should, uh, you should ask him about that. Are you now or have you ever been a part of the Communist Party, sir? So I have the list here okay. of the blacklisted actors. Okay. Um, I'll pull up the uh, blacklisted directors next, but uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin, Sandra Locke, Dalton Trumbo, uh, Lena Horne, Orson Welles, Lloyd Bridges, John Randolph, Dorothy Parker, Marsha Hunt, John Garfield, Lester Cole, Lee Grant, Burgess Meredith, Arthur Miller, Candida Lee, Philip Loeb, Zero Mustel, uh, Dashiell Hamet, mm-hmm. uh, Will Gear, uh, Leonard Bernstein, Cliff Carpenter, uh, Uta Hagen, Judy Holiday, James Spader, um, Jean Riverol, uh, Pete Seeger, uh, Walter Bernstein, uh, Howard De Silva, Lionel Stander, uh, Herbert uh, Biberman, uh, Norman Bartsman, uh, Norman Lloyd, Edward uh, Dimitrik, uh, Orson Bean, John Howard Lawson, John Barry, Clifford Oditz, um, Mickey Knox, uh, Eddie Albert, John Ireland, and Perk Kelton. Mm. All because some politician wanted to make a name for himself. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Just because there may possibly be different beliefs. 
So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we're not here to talk about the. We're here to talk about a heist. Yes, we will talk the crazy histories and controversies of Hollywood another day. Mm-hmm. I need to that's send. That's definitely going to be an episode. I will definitely send you that paper that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we will talk heist. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Very good. nice, good paper. Yeah, I'm. I'm very proud of that paper. Yeah, I should be proud of that paper. I poured a lot into it. Maybe you can do an audio version of it to share it with the uh, audience. I could. Yeah. I could. Do that. do that. So what we're going to do, uh, this is just for anybody who um, w- has listened to uh, The Lost Highway. Very similar with, format here. With last episode. We're just going to talk about the couple things we hear in the beginning. Then we're going to get, we're going to watch the movie. This is both of our first time seeing the movie. So it's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting uh, what we think after this. Indeed. Most likely going to spoil a lot. So be warned. Yes. If you care about this almost a hundred year old movie. <laughs> it's uh sixty seven. Mm. You know yes. I remembered that. Because mm. Godzilla sixty eighth was recently. Okay. It, it all comes back to Godzilla. It all comes you. back to Godzilla. By the way, I do love your invisible man shirt. It's pretty tight. It's a good invisible That's man. It's a pretty shirt. tight shirt. It's a good shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I sit tight. That's weird. I don't, I don't really talk that way yeah. any other time. Maybe I've been playing games online with too many people younger than me spouting off idioms. Keep it cool, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So we will be back and we will let you know how we feel about this uh, classic movie. <laughs> Speeding down a road, and you get a small child in the car, unrestrained. Uh, he's acting like he's all hopped up on sugar, which I'm pretty sure he is. Right. Um, and then you're dying. And f- to make it worse, he's decided that it would be a great time to take his toy gun and point it at the back of your head as you're slowly... Leaking your vital fluids out. Um, I am not one for child abuse or hitting kids, but does he need backhanded? You know, at that point, um, I'd be like, you know, it's not worth it. I'm just going to stop the car here. Whatever happens. I'm just going to stop here in the middle of the road. Just, I'm just going to die here. Just, I'm just dying here. Sir, you can't park there. I'm dying here. It's France, whatever. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Great, great movie. Yeah. Fantastic cast. I will be honest with you. I myself suspected the movie was going to build up to the heist. It was pretty surprising that the heist happens in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I felt like, oh, man, they're doing, like, a lot of this detailed planning, like, really early here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of heist movies, how it is, is that it's the lead up to the heist and then a shorter Mm -hmm. The heist, and then whatever happens a little bit after. Yeah. 
But no, here was the heist and a bunch of other stuff, mm-hmm. which was really cool. I loved Caesar until he made the mistake. Oh my god! I was like, you heard me go, Caesar? No. Yeah, I heard you. Because <laughs> I knew that was that was the little thing. It was, was going to be the little thing. thing. That rat bastard. Yeah, yeah. That rat bastard, played by the director, mm-hmm. um, Jules the Sin. Mm-hmm. Um. Big hand, Dyson, isn't it? Dyson, I think it's spelled with a D, with an A, S S I N. So I'm not sure. Dyson, maybe Dyson. We'll, 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 we'll go with that. But uh, he plays Jules. Uh, Jules Dyson plays uh, uh, Caesar Malanier, the safecracker. The safecracker. Um, the film starred Jean Servet. As Tony Le Stefanois, mm-hmm. uh, Carl Munier as Joe Le Sudo, and Robert Manuel as Mario Ferrati, mm-hmm. who I adored him and uh, oh, he Ida. Was awesome! Oh, I loved them together. The, this, those two had the you know, and it's like you know that uh, great chemistry. You know that they weren't destined for good. I was really sad about it because I liked Mario already. I was like, this mm-hmm. guy's great. I love his energy. Yeah, he I love shows how he's up, big smile. You know? Just this really fun, vibrant guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ida, his woman, who just also vibrant, great to be around. Just both a great pair. Loved them. I'm so sad they died. Mm-hmm. I'm really fucking sad about that. Much in the way, spoilers. Now, uh, as I was watching it, I was like, you know, if they remade this, who do you think could play him? Who do they would play him? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Come on. I want you to think about it. I don't know any French actors. Sadly. No, it doesn't have to be French. <laughs> um, because he wasn't French. Yes, he was. Mm-mm. The guy that played uh, Mario? No, I don't think the character is French. No, the character is Italian. Okay. But the it's actor is French. Right. Yeah. But. 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 When I say this name, uh-huh. you're going to go, yes. Uh-huh. Paul Giamatti. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. It would be. Yeah. Perfect casting. Oh, I love Paul Giamatti. Because he had had the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same um, look. Yeah. That's that's the other thing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Do you want to do like a quick little walkthrough? I'll, I'll do a quick walkthrough. From, yeah, don't, don't get, you don't have to get yeah. too detailed. So, Tony Le Stefanois has just been let out of prison. You can just call him Tony. Tony. I just. You just go with their first names. So Tony is let out of prison and while gambling calls up his friend Joe to help bail him out after not being able to pay off his debt. Joe helps him out and he takes him to a coffee shop where he meets Mario. The two of them propose, hey, let's steal the jewels in the front window of this jewelry shop. And Tony's like, nah, I'm not for that. He also finds out the woman that he loved um, is back in Paris. And so he meets her. And after beating her uh, with a belt, he decides, you know what? I'll do the job. Tony's our hero. 
<laughs> Tony is our main hero. So he agrees, but he has a few um, stipulations on it. One, that they won't use guns. And two, that they're taking the whole safe too. And so they bring in Caesar, who is a safe cracker. Played yeah. by? Played by, as I said, the director, Jules the Sun. Mm-hmm. And the four men meticulously plan on how to steal it. They case the joint. They practice driving out. They take all the times down for the place, different places around the store. And eventually, it's the night of the heist. And in one of the best heist scenes ever, honestly, probably was an inspiration for the Mission Impossible scene, uh, the famous one with Tom Cruise hanging from the ceiling, where it is filmed with no soundtrack and played at length. Uh It is excellent. It's extremely well shot. And it's very good tension. It's 32 minutes. It's 32 minutes. Wow, I know. Mm-hmm. really went by it's 32 straight minutes of tension as they just pull off this heist and it's sort of that thing of not like oh no they have to do this quick no because they have time to do this and they have a few hours they have three hours i believe but it's still like that amount of tension and like there's not really any trouble until like near the end because they get into the safe and they steal a sack. But as they are about to get away, Caesar grabs a ring. Well, it's probably the stuff that they took and put in the sack. Because you don't see the jewels until That's Joe true. sees the jewels. That's true. But anyway, so they steal the jewels and Caesar steals a ring for himself. And the men leave. And celebrate that they have gotten the jewels. And a successful heist. No one knows that they did it. And they have about 240 million. I'm not sure what currency. What's the. Is it Franks? No, that was. It's German. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I don't think it's important. It's important to me. Uh, No, yeah, it's Franks. Is it Franks? Okay. Oh, um, uh, German's Deutsche Marks. Which rank? It might be Euro. No, Euro's current. That's true. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, francs. Mm-hmm. So, 240 million francs is how much all these jewels that were stolen are worth. The men are about to pawn it off to a fence when Caesar, in the dumbest move, takes the ring and gives it to a courtesan at a lady of the evening a lady of the nights well Um, she's the singer in a brothel basically she's a singer in a brothel uh vivian who works at the uh brothel slash club and you know her name's vivian because the door is shown with her name on it multiple times (laughs) (laughs) um don't forget vivian don't forget vivian owned by pierre who was um Mardo's uh, current current lover, but she leaves him um, after returning from a trip away. And after he sees the ring, he's like, oh no, this shit's real. And he realizes that Caesar uh, knows who stole the jewels because he was involved. 
And so Caesar rats out on Mario saying that Mario knows where the jewels are. And so Pierre and his thugs in go to his apartment um, and uh, take hostage of him and, uh, and Ida. And Mario, the absolute fucking uh, go, doesn't give away the fact that he knows where the jewels are, even mm. though they're in the lamp right next to him. And he doesn't give away any names until Ida, who is just so concerned, calls Tony to get him to go there. But rather than asking him to come there, she warns him that the Gruders are out to get them and they are both killed. Tony, upon finding out, uh, goes to the club where he finds Caesar, who he kills for ratting out Mario. And so with them, with Pierre and his men trying to get leverage to get the jewels now, they kidnap Joe, who is, I already mentioned Joe, Joe's son, um, Tonio, and hold him for ransom for the jewels. Just shortly after they get the ransom, uh, they, the ransom is given to them. Uh, Joe uh, and Tony uh, get the money for the jewels from the fence. Tony promises that he will tear the city apart if he has to, to find Tonio. And he does so with various contacts and eventually does get him uh, from the house where he is being held by Pierre's men. And sadly is unable to contact Joe and tell him that he has Tonio just as uh, Joe gets to the house. Upon realizing that Joe has left, uh, Tony goes back, but it's too late as Joe has been shot. Tonio kills um, Pierre after being shot himself and gets Tonio and drives him in a very long sequence of dazed bleeding out back to his mother. Mm -hmm. He dies as he stops in front of their household. Antonio is returned. And Finn. And then the money is taken by the police. The money is taken by the police. Which uh, older movies annoyed me because the good guy, the bat, the, the people doing crimes couldn't get away with things. Yeah. But let me give a couple um, IMDb little trivia things. IMDb. IMDb. Um, the death of Caesar was not in the original story. No. Jules Dazen, uh put it in there. So he added the scene as reference to the American blacklist situation. Essentially the terrible cost of betraying of friends and colleagues. Damn. So, um, this is a, I, I can't find anything on the budget, but apparently it, uh, had quite the small budget and people don't believe him. Uh, for as low as the budget, it was, it looks like they shot it on location. And the big reason why the big reason why he, was an actor in it. Holy shit. Because he... Um, That's stupid low. Yeah. Because uh, it's all unknown actors. And uh, he probably would have had a really good budget if um, a studio was behind him on this. Uh, 
but this movie is shot insanely well. Oh my God. It's so well shot. The budget was $200,000 by the way. That is insanely small for something Mm -hmm. that's so well done as this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Point Mm -hmm. being though, it's like still must've been a small budget Mm because. Oh no, that's. Like uh, some movies back then, you know, give or take. Uh, I don't know if that's adjusting for infl- uh, adjusting for inflation. But uh, like to make a a really good crime movie, uh, you just need a good story, good actors. You don't need a huge budget. I agree. Um, it, it helps at times. But uh, that shot after, after uh, the kid gets kidnapped, and she's running through this yeah. those archways. Oh, that was so good. That's pretty amazing. Uh, the cinematography oh, is it's great cinematography. Yeah. in this movie. Uh, was it Felipe Agustione? I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, for the cinematography. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just. Uh, I think it's just Philippe uh, Agostini. Yeah. Maybe. But shot the hell out of this. Shot the hell out of this. Shot the that. hell out of this. Um, okay. So you kind of get, at the beginning, I thought that um, maybe uh, um, Joe was the. Uh, gonna kind of be the lead character that's what it seemed like he because like um was it carl mooner uh very handsome man this i think i I, i'll tell you now what uh this reminds me of a little bit just a little bit okay uh it's got you can tell that Michael Mann was very influenced by this because it's very, it's a lot like heat. Okay. You know, um, because you kind of have, uh, not necessarily the same, same situation, but it's kind of the same dynamic. Yeah. Um, you got, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, Tony, is a bit like uh, Robert De Niro's character, and Joe would be a little bit like Val Kilmer's because he has the wife and the kid. I've never seen Heat, so I don't know. Well, I'm I'm being pretty vague since you haven't. That's fair. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It's definitely a. Uh, it's definitely something that's influenced Heat. I can guarantee it after this, watching this. This movie's probably like influenced a bunch of stuff, as I mm-hmm. referenced again with the Mission Impossible uh, scene. Because mm-hmm. um, they don't like slowly lower down on a rope as we so know, but like mm-hmm. they just climb down on the rope, and like it's very much a thing of like silence is key because there's an alarm which is triggered by like vibrations. Mm-hmm. So too loud, trigger that, um, can't cut the wire. So it's pretty smart how they like figured out, like they tried all the ways they could like 
mess with it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually we're like, okay, here's how we're going to be able to shut it down, which was smart with the extinguisher foam. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was really cool uh, to see a lot of the process uh, of them planning the heist, uh, especially with like dealing with the security and uh, figuring out like the key locked. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I am positive that uh, not a, there hasn't been a, really a heist movie like this before this. But there's so many, so many clones after. I don't, I don't think there have. There were really. Uh, I mean, there's been movies like there's this. been heist movies, but kind of it's kind of how some of the details were working, like how they were trying to figure out how things worked. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Because you know. The, the, like the concept of like heists and like movies and stuff has been around since with the French character of Arsène Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that's like well famed in uh, a lot of stories, just like the concept mm-hmm. of thieves heisting yeah. for things. And I'm going to say, this is actually based on a book too. Uh, Okay, yeah. Um, I don't think the the movie and the book are that much the same. I have no idea. Um, Because I couldn't find any details on the book other than it is based on a book. Yes. It is based on a book. It is based on a book. But um, I also see some traces, mostly because it's in France and some of the spots they filmed. Mm Mm-hmm. We're in um, uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. When it they destroy was. Flint. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, now you made me forget the movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Inception. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I was thinking with like the there's, hallway scene. Well, uh, there's some spots that like yeah. they filmed in that uh, um, were in the movie. Yeah. I mean, they're filming in France, so yeah. But uh, you know, there's just the one uh, anime movie that actually uh, Inception took a lot after, hmm. uh, Paprika. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to watch that, but I haven't seen it. Um, another fun fact uh, from the same uh, director, I think it was uh, Satoshi Kon, uh, made some beautiful movies. By the way, uh, mm. he direct he directed the movie Perfect Blue, and there's a scene in it. Uh, where the I haven't watched Perfect Blue yet. You need to watch Perfect Blue. I really want to watch Perfect Blue. Where the main main character though she like uh puts her head underwater and just like screams into the water. And apparently uh they had to like buy the rights to the movie of Perfect Blue while making Requiem for a Dream mm-hmm. to replicate that scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, really... we, and we talked about Requiem for a Dream. And it all goes back to Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. You should watch that fun movie sometime. <laughs> going to be a tough one yeah i don't know if i'm ready for it that's going to be a tough Listen, one heredity hereditary was a bit much for me i don't know if i'm ready for requiem for a dream requiem for a dream is definitely not a feel good time no but um yeah like whenever i saw the arches i literally thought of that uh scene with um was it was it Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Elliot Page? No, it was um, 
Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. And the, uh, what was the character's name? Uh, was it Ellie? I, I don't know who Elliot Page uh, played. What was Ari- Ariadne. Ariadne. Uh, is that the word? Maybe. Ariadne. It's a, re- it's a reference to some Greek uh, character, and I can't remember. Don't all their names spell out dream? I believe so, yeah. yeah so maybe it was Ariadne. <laughs> maybe, but point being is uh, they did, like, walk through the arches, though. Mm-hmm. I remember that uh, from the vague things I remember from Inception. It's been years. and, mm-hmm. and Somebody stole my DVD. It was me. No, it wasn't you. Okay, I, was, I thought you were saying it was me. No, no, I just said somebody stole my DVD. Okay. Well, my Blu-ray. Yeah. I had a really cool Blu-ray. But, but yeah, really cool. So, um, kind of like Joe's not a very likable guy, per se. And it's kind of like, um, is it him going to prison? Because it seemed like he could have ratted out people and not. Uh, no, because uh, Joe does say that uh, he could have. Oh, he, he gave he gave Tony money. Tony tried to not be like, no, no. And he goes, no, because if you wouldn't have done anything, you would have you would have been out here making a roll or something like that. Yeah. So it showed that at that moment that being loyal is important to Tony mm-hmm. so much that he went away for seven years. So. But got out of good behavior. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, it really is like a key thing to him. Cause I mean, like, Hey, he takes a bullet to save uh, his friend's kid. Mm-hmm. That's some dedication. I think. Well, he was on his way to save his friend. Yeah. Like he could have just said, Oh, you idiot. <laughs> And then waited, but no, he knew what he had to do. He knew what he had to do. Mm-hmm. But um, he's 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 a bit of a hard man. And then when he sees, well, when he understands, kind of like, um, that his his woman, who's living the high life, and he lives in squalor. So I think it, um, when he lashes out at her, literally. Um, he he gets the fucking belt. Yeah, um, that's just him being frustrated with, you know, like it's obvious that you know, you know, pretty much, it's like a pride thing almost. Yeah, and I know, you know, you can tell there's still that like. They still have feelings for each other, but it's it's passed on, you know. Yeah. And that was just his way of kind of sealing the the fact that the situation's over. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, the way it's framed originally is, it seems like they're going to sleep with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you were pretty surprised about. How much she was taking, how much of her clothes she was taking. It was the 50s, man. Like a lot of film codes and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. the longest time on television shows, like people weren't allowed to be shown kissing each other, at least in America. So, like, because it would just, it would get all the nethers all. (laughs) 
but it's crazy to me like that difference and uh, we we see like Ida's like nipples through like uh, her dress at one point it wasn't no you it, it was kind of like the the uh the wire underneath because as you notice they were hiding things you know yeah because when she does take all of her clothes off you know you don't see her even you don't even see her take them off yeah I mean, the closest you get to anybody being nude in this is, uh, uh, oh, damn it, Mario. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they hide him kind of awkwardly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was kind of funny, though. Because he gets out of the tub. And it's what's funny is because you almost see him naked, but then Joe kind of steps sideways. And then uh, Tony is stepping in front. So you got this, you know, completely like you're not going to see this naked man. At all. If you've seen Evangelion, it's like whenever they censored uh, bits using a can of beer. Mm, there's stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, no, this was a time that... Uh, it was definitely a more conservative time in a lot of media, for yeah. sure. But, so like to see stuff like that that would be considered especially explicit um, in America was... And at, from this time, like I was expecting it to be like more European because... There's a lot more uh, visual arts in Europe. Like they have a lot more statues that are nude and maybe more mm. paintings that are nude that are on display because they're a lot less more just a prude and conservative mm-hmm. of society whenever it comes to stuff like that than yeah. we are. Yeah. It's like I wasn't like not expecting. It just was, you know, mm-hmm. a, surpri- a surprising just juxtaposition. Yeah. But what's funny is back then that's the equivalent of a nude scene. It is basically is the equivalent. A bra is the equivalent of a nude scene. Is the equivalent. Uh, so, um, but Joe, you know, he just, you know, he's like, all right, we're going to do this job, but we're going to do it a different way because, you know, he doesn't want to just grab something and run like a petty thug. Yeah. You know, he wants to do something that's going to, you know, get him money and, you know, get him out of the life. Which is a trope in a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, crime movies. And do this, it's gonna set me up, and I'm out of this. This is the last job. It's the final job. <laughs> You're bringing me out of retirement for one last job, and then it's never the last fucking job if there are sequels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every Fast and the Furious movie, um, just one last job. How many more movies do we have after this? Okay, nine more. <laughs> so um so they they get into the planning Mm -hmm. um marco calls his friend up caesar Mm -hmm. and uh caesar immediately is known as being a ladies man Mm -hmm. so what's he do when he goes to the club falls in love with the first woman he sees and then you know they're like come on come on leave the coat check girl alone <laughs> and then he falls in love with the next woman he sees <laughs> who is hmm, what was her name what was her name God, what was her um name? what was her was pres- it vivian was it vivian i think it was vivian i think it was vivian vivian who the club singer works at a brothel mm-hmm. well it's a club i guess i shouldn't have called it a brothel but you but, know give or take because there were they do say in Ladies charge of the, of the girls, and yeah. she, there is walking off with people. Like, mm-hmm. 
There's some definite sex workers stuff going it's, it's on. A cl- it's a crothel. It's a crothel. It's a it's a club brothel. Yeah. It's a crothel. It's a crothel. It's a crothel. There we go. New um, brothel. Then when uh I think one of the best touches when they they um they kidnap the the husband and wife mm-hmm. and they're tying them up to the chair. Yeah. And they put the pillow behind the woman's head so she could be comfortable. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I loved Mario like patting her head, like, there you go. You're good. That's funny. I like to like just the the husband and wife just like one by one coming out of the door and getting chloroform, just like mm-hmm. boom. Boom. That there the thing I liked about it, it's not a straight like there is some comedy to it. Yeah. There's there's some nice comedy to it. Yeah. And uh it 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 trucks along pretty good. Like it's it's it's, it's like a two hour movie. It's almost a two-hour movie, and it in no way at any time felt slow. I wasn't really, like, ever checking the time either. I, no, no, I, I, I never didn't, checked the time. It just didn't seem like, you know. Like, there's sometimes movies where if I'm, like, sitting down to, like, watch them, I'm just like, oh, how long is the movie? Mm-hmm. Or, like, where are we at in the plot? Well, that, that gets to a really interesting thing because there's, there's nothing in the movie that doesn't matter to the movie. Yeah. You know? Uh, even like the little visits with this, the, 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 the family and that, because the family becomes a big part of the movie later on. Yeah. You know, uh, the singing, the, uh, um, the, the club singer, the requisite, you know, 50s and then, movie, um, full segment of someone singing a song, yeah, a whole, a whole song is sung that happens a lot in a lot of movies like this and it's really weird that mm-hmm. it happens so much it, it i think it's the musical thing where people are big into musicals if you throw them singing up there's even an alfred hitchcock movie with a musical number in it so what? yeah doris day you ever oh, oh yeah oh, yeah doris day she whatever my favorite songs okay huh. it's in a hitchcock movie <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um How get people to see the movie. I know. We'll have a single song. It's because last- it's because Doris Day was in it and Doris Day's known for singing. So you're gonna have to have it. Uh but no, th- this movie has no fat on it. It has no fat. It, no, everybody slobs. matters to the overall story. There's not like I'm I'm not complaining about this, but there's not really like moments of like over like showing like what, what's the fucking thing where like they show different shots of like an area um b-roll no not b-roll oh. establishing shots like okay. there's not a lot of like establishing shots for well you, you or, kind of it, they they establish it early and then when you go to those places you don't really need to yeah be reminded but there's not like they, they do that because they don't feel that the audience that would be watching a movie is dumb like movies yeah. now where every time somebody goes somewhere they have to show the outside of it before yeah <laughs> washington dc no or it's in the middle screen yeah it's like oh is that paris i could have never fucking told patty 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 Oh man, that's San Francisco. How would I ever know that? What bridge is there to show me that it's San Francisco? <laughs> so, um, what was funny was 
your uh when we first started the movie well before the movie started you said but there's gonna be a lot of smoking in this yeah oh my god was <laughs> and, there a lot of smoking and then even uh when uh joe gets tony to leave the uh, the poker game um he complains to him that he's been sitting in a room smoking <laughs> don't get out in the fresh air and there's more smoking jesus christ is there mm-hmm. smoking in this movie yeah like i know that cigarette smoke is like air for europeans <coughs> but like you know mm-hmm. i'm kidding it was the 50s in general everyone mm-hmm. was fucking smoking yeah they were advertising doctors smoking yeah for god's sake they had the flintstones smoking babies were smoking dad smoking babies there were there were babies with pipes and cigars so the, the heist the lung cancer young you know yeah the heist itself uh when they figure out like you know digging through the floor and mm-hmm. uh the no, not making noise um and then when they kind of they have like a little bit of an improv as they're as they're doing it with the umbrella yeah so that was kind of cool it was like oh, we didn't think of this and then you know, uh, Caesar has his that umbrella he walks around with. Yeah. So obviously planned in the script, but yeah. you know, in the movie itself, it's like you have that umbrella, yeah. which was neat and helpful because mm-hmm. it helps them not get all that rubble down. But then again, they weren't really caring about like, oh, right, because they would have set off the floor. Yeah. yeah. The floor laser grid in the nineteen fifties mm-hmm. Parisian jewel shop laser grid. Yeah. The the 1950s Parisian tool shop laser grid mm-hmm. and the robot dogs. The the, the only thing that uh, the hunter seekers that I'm like I'm like well, how close was the gate to the windows? Because the cops would always walk up and hit it. Like what if they set off the alarm? <laughs> I think because like no because I I showed that though mm-hmm. like him hitting like the hammer. A certain distance from the alarm. So like probably the door is like farther away that they were hitting. Well, it. no, because it's just like uh, the harder the impact. But that's why I mean he was coming up and they said it was attached to the window, so he's like uh, slamming on the so right attached to the but you know, that's a that's probably not even a real issue anyway. So probably not. Um boom, boom. but I did like the fact that uh after they get through everything and uh tony goes to get the car yeah and uh, he notices the the police bicycle yeah and he walks past it and i was pretty surprised how fast he got behind the cop and (laughs) knocked him out (laughs) i Um, found it uh funny though the cops were like oh let's hide and then like they their mm -hmm. bikes were there and he was just like just catches it and just keeps walking. Just keeps walking. They're like, oh, okay, nothing here. Mm-hmm. What I thought was going to happen, because modern movies train me for this, I thought that while both their backs were turned, he would have stolen the car. But it makes more sense for him to jump the cop and then steal the car. It makes more sense for one of the cops to stay at the car. Yeah. Instead of all both you know, the whole precinct to run away from a car. From something, somebody takes it and everybody goes, oh, no, how did they think of that? Right oh, away. no, we put the tape around it. How did they think to jump over it? There was tape around it. How how could they take it? We put tape around it. There that was, always works. There was police tape. It was yellow. What is going on here? 
hey, let's draw a chalk line to remember where the body was. But uh, just like the camaraderie of the four of them it's great. Was, was cool. Yeah. Great chemistry and between all the actors there. How, uh, you know, they, they when they, when after Tony ditches the car, which is funny because he doesn't like, you know, it may have been a budget thing, but, you know, he didn't like, you know, drop it in the river. I thought he was going to do that. Just parks it somewhere and then walks away. Um, but, uh, you know, when he gets there and they're all sitting at the table and they're all just kind of like, you know, like staring at the bag and, and, uh, is it Joe, J- Joe yeah. or Mario? Joe, Joe, Joe pushes it to him and they look at the jewels of that and they're like, yeah, look at it. I love the dramatic cigarette ash dropping mm-hmm. from Caesar. At first I'm like, did they just like do this and they didn't get what they thought they were going to That's what I thought for a second. Cause yeah. like no one was like reacting. So it was mm-hmm. like, oh no, did they not get it? Is yeah. it a big diamond? No, it's a bunch of jewels. I don't know why, but the DVD cover or the uh, Blu-ray cover made me think there was just going to be one big diamond, like mm-hmm. in every movie, mm-hmm. just one big giant ass diamond. Or after that one diamond, that one diamond that so famous, but nobody will notice that it's missing. But nobody will know that it was stolen from there, and nobody will think that. Oh, we'll have to get rid of this. I mm-hmm. did like the fact because, as we all know, the famous diamond ruby. Mm-hmm. Um, diamond ruby. the famous diamond ruby, the Save famous it. diamond called ruby, the, the famous diamond. You don't need it. It's Latin for something. I don't know, but we're gonna steal it. I love that. Um, a nice little, little thing that was in there when they talked to the diamond. Well, when the diamond dealer drops off the the money, the fence, the fence. But he's still Diamond Dealer. <laughs> Diamond Dealer. Diamond Dealer. <laughs> um, but when he says that, uh, you know, because they, they got 160, it was, two, it was 240 million. Yeah. They had in diamonds, they get 100, they got 140. 160, I think. 160. Was, I think 160. Right, yeah. yeah. And um, they, uh, which I think. I saw somewhere it's like that would have been like six million dollars now. Shit, that's still pretty solid. Like in a, uh, a U.S. currency, um, USD. Yeah. So, but when he says that he's going to have to cut the diamonds down, you know, then mm-hmm. that way that you know they're not, they don't look the same. Yeah. Like he's taking them out of like the earrings and necklaces and all that, and then trimming yeah. them down and making new stuff out of them. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to lose money that because when you know you trim diamonds down, you do lose some of it, it's yeah. like anything else. But uh, that that was an, a neat, neat little thing they put in there that I'm sure, you know, somebody would probably would have said, we don't need that line. So apparently, uh, some people actually were inspired to do their own jewelry heists mm-hmm. and followed steps in this movie. Yeah, because of how realistic a lot of this was, probably. Yeah. 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 But uh we should talk about our friend Caesar. What? We should talk about our friend Caesar. That motherfucker. Also, real quick detail. Yes. I love how long it took for me to to fucking get like um because <laughs> um 
because uh, Tony's name is um, Le Stephanois. So they mm. kept calling him the Stephanois. So I was like, why are they calling him the Stephanois? What does, what is a Stephanois? And I was like, oh, they're saying Le Stephanois. Mm-hmm. So like it took me a second there to realize that's what it was. That was just a direct translation. So uh, in a lot of stuff, the uh, the downfall, a lot of crime movies, the downfall of yeah. a character is usually uh, his greed. Yeah. Or a woman. Yeah. You know, like Jack Nicholson said in the 89 Batman movie. Yeah. A woman! Uh, because, you know, guys are fools and do stupid things when they should just, uh, you know, I, him taking that ring just was the downfall of the whole situation. Like, it, it always takes something so small. Yeah. And I love that Vivian was just like, oh, I know it's not real. <laughs> and he's just leaned back and that. And then she, she was so fucking confident. She was like, and, yeah, he gave me this fake ring. And then when, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh, yeah. Pierre took the ring and because he knew what it was um, he starts to leave with it she goes hey my ring he goes what do you care it's not real <laughs> and then we never see Vivian again because she probably fucking killed herself <laughs> <laughs> sorry I watched uh, the uh, marathon of the uh, Bonnie or Die uh, very special episodes well I'm, I'm used to the uh, Zach Morris's trash ones and yeah. that's what I put there so it's the same for both of them. Yeah. Just the, and we never see them again because they yes. probably killed themselves. And you probably kill yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, Caesar, like I was surprised that he was still alive. Yeah, me too. They just kind of left him there. Well, it kind of made sense because when, when uh, Mario got and his, uh, and Ida uh, were killed, um, it was kind of an accident. And um, because of Pierre's junkie brother, uh, yeah. Um, like, what did you think was going to happen? He's running around with a straight razor, you know. Hey, hey, I know what we should do. We should get my fucking twitchy junkie brother to be the one that holds the knife to this guy's throat. Yeah. If, if that movie was remade today, that would have been Daniel Craig playing that part. <laughs> I want to see Daniel Craig playing a junkie. <clears throat> um. Well, he's he he played kind of the, a similar part in um, Road to Perdition, mm. which it's like I watched that movie and then didn't see it from like after it was released until a couple of years ago. And uh, as I'm watching, I'm like, is that fucking Daniel Craig? <laughs> I I love like watching those. Like um, today I was watching uh I was watching License to Kill, mm. and uh, I was like, is that, is that Benicio del Toro? <laughs> It's fucking, I, I had the same reaction. Yeah, and um, uh, the guy that played fucking uh, oh, he was in Twin Peaks and he played Stilgar. What's his fucking name? You know who I'm talking though, right? He played Stilgar in the '80s. Uh, Dude, Max von Sydow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in that too, and I was mm. like, is that fucking? Is that Max von Sydow? Is that Sydow? One of the world's. Greatest actors? He's great, though. I love him and everything I see him in. Mm-hmm. He was great in Silver Bullet. What? It's not Max von Sydow. Huh? 
Hold on a second. It's Everett McGill. No, no. Uh, oh my God. Not Everett McGill. Um, God damn it. Yeah, Everett McGill. That's who. Oh, okay. Everett yeah, McGill. He, yeah, he was in licensed skill. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God. That's why I'm like, I'm like, Maxwell Sidow. Like, okay, it's been a while since I've seen License to Kill. I'm like, okay, maybe he just had like a small part. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was embarrassing. We're going to have to start the whole episode over. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where were we? Oh, okay. So, so Pierre wants the, wants the diamonds so he can sell them off himself. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've already established that he's murdered two him and him, his thugs murdered two people and then left, uh, Caesar in his basement. Yeah. Well, backstage. Yeah. Uh, Tony takes him out for being a rat. For being a dirty, dirty ass rat. And then they decide, hey, uh, let's kidnap a child. <laughs> you know what? Let's, ex- let, let's they, escalate they, this they've, further. They've performed, like, in this movie has every serious crime you can go to prison for. Yeah, it really does. There's kidnapping, murderer, murder. Uh, there's assault. Uh, there's grand theft. Like they they rack up the they rack up the crimes in this movie. They're like, let's see how far we can push the envelope. They're, they're, I can guarantee you, there's no other movie that has as many crimes as this. Does. <laughs> and these are real crimes, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. No way. You know, again, heat. That, that's probably heat. Yeah, yeah. They they take dynamite across state lines. Um, Damn, that's. Oh, you know, murder is one thing, but taking dynamite across state lines. I catch that son of a bitch. Yeah. So, uh, like we said, they took uh, took Joe's son to a, a house outside of the city. And then uh, through, because of Pierre's brother's drug stuff, uh, yeah. they figure out where it is. And uh, Tony goes out, gets the kid. Joe doesn't know because uh, Tony wasn't able to call him to tell him that, you know, he's on his way to go find the kid. Because he couldn't get a phone. And then, because uh, he was going to miss the train. So. Sadly. Yes. So, uh, this is how Tony ends up getting the kid. Leaves the kid at a at a restaurant. Right Says restaurant. he's going to be in the car. Just drives off. <laughs> just drives off. Well, he gives the woman money first, but just drives off. Um, but, uh. He, uh, Joe goes to the house and gets tricked to go deep into the house where Pierre kills him. Oh, wait, wait, forgot. Tony kills Pierre's, uh, brother. Cause I'm pretty sure that he knows that Pierre was Pierre's brother's, uh, the one that killed mm. Mario and Ida. And then, uh, he saw the twitchy, twitchy hand. He was mm-hmm. like, only one man could have killed someone with such twitch. And it's you, you son of a bitch. You twitchy hands, shit. <laughs> you twitchy hand, chunky bastard. So when Tony gets back to the house, Joe's dead. Joe's dead. Pierre's waiting for him. Cracks off a couple shots like they're playing Call of Duty. <clears throat> and uh, they all Joe hip- gets Pierre in the back. They all hip fire him. Yeah. <laughs> Joe gets Pierre in the back. Pierre falls down into a well. And then Joe... Uh, gets the money 
checks on checks on uh Joe, knows he's dead. Goes Pierre. Double tap. Make sure he's dead. And then as he's mortally wounded, rushes to get the boy home. He and he gets it just in time. That fucking Luger on him. Does. He does. So um overall, give me give me give me good 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 thoughts on this. It's a really great movie, honestly. It's a great movie. The, the heist was great. The acting was great. Loved the cinematography. Loved a lot of the way it was shot. Um, I loved the acting's the, great. Acting's great. I did say that. No, uh, just. Um, I loved how they did the Citizen Kane um, camera going through a glass pane. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. I still don't know how they do that. It's just zooming back. Okay. Just zooming back. Good. There were some mistakes that you noticed. The coat and the door. Well, the coat and the door is, you know, whatever. But uh, <clears throat> the, because uh, on cameras, they'll have like a, yeah, s- something, uh, some glass covering the front of the lens cover. Yeah, the lamp I noticed is like doubled a bit. So you got some slightly double looking stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the production, everything in this movie is fantastic. It really is. It's great. Sets look good. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nothing looks cheap in this movie. No. It, it's, it's, the movie really looks like it was, it was fully funded by a studio. It, but lighting and stuff too. Like it, it doesn't look cheap. Mm-mm. Some good care was put into the look of this movie to make mm-hmm. sure it was like lit well. Sounds great. Like even when it sounds out, great in it, it's so good. It's such good mixing because mm-hmm. like even whenever they're outside, it doesn't sound like too loud or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, even you know most of the time outside stuff, they'll do some ADR, but yeah, it's it's still sounding great. Yeah, it's great, absolutely amazing. I don't know if some of the shots they got, they were allowed to get them or what. I I don't know. By gorilla. Uh, there's a couple of shots where um, I think they just kind of set the camera up and said action and then, you know, kind of pulled out after that. Um, if this movie would be made, let's say you pick a time period. Think, think, think of a couple actors and think of a time period. Who do you think? Who do you think could be? Let's just stick with the four. The four core uh, characters. So I already have Paul Giamatti. So let's just go around. around okay. Now maybe like 2010 to now. Okay. Uh, so Paul Giamatti as uh, Mario. Um, Ryan Gosling as Joe. Okay. Okay. Um. It would be Caesar. I don't know. It's hard to cast a movie like this. No, just think, think, think of an actor that you would throw in there. Hmm. 
I'd put like, I tell you what, you hang on to yours, you keep thinking, okay. and I'll, I'll go through mine. So we got Paul Giamatti. Yeah. We're definitely Paul Giamatti. Yeah, Mario's Paul Giamatti. Full send. Full send. Um, and I would actually, uh, let me, let me look up his name. Uh, well, I would kind of get, uh, I'd like to get somebody older for, for Tony. Mm-hmm. I had two thoughts. I, I, um, I was thinking like somebody like George Clooney, but I'm like, no, not George Clooney. Yeah, I was like that. I was like, no, let's not do George Clooney. So I have two thoughts. Well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I really like Rob Mays in John Dies at the End. Rob Mays? Yeah. So I think he could do Joe. I'm going to put him in as Joe. Mm. He was John and John Dies at the End. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I, th- all I right. think he could be Joe because I think you. he I think he could pull it off. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking like George Clooney for Tony, but I'm like, nah, that's too that's it's too, too on the nose. Yeah, it's too two on the oceans. nose because of the oceans. Um yeah. and then for a bit I was like, like Brad Pitt would be good, you know. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I was like, Yeah, you can throw Johnny Depp in, but no, he no. would he would do something weird with it. He would be yeah. actually I'd put Johnny Depp as like Pierre. If we because you know the whole uh, desperado two thing. Yeah. yeah, but um, I would definitely put, who, 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 you know, because they did so, they were so good together mm-hmm. in Sideways. I'd do Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, as uh, as Caesar. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. It's really odd casting. He was Lobster Johnson in uh, yeah in Hellboy. Yeah, I get you. Um, I have some odd casting. Uh, but I think I think he he'd be he'd be good cast hmm. casting because um, you know you'd want somebody when they actually doing their job they they look kind of like they're intense mm-hmm. and he's a little he got he's got a little bit of a tense look to him. He does look very intense. Like you see him staring at any camera, mm-hmm. it's like you angry at that camera, Tom. And I, I don't think I, I think Caesar should be like not like a train wreck looking of a guy, but not like your Hollywood kind of guy. You uh, a fine kind of like sort of looking guy, but like looks like cut. a real person, I guess you yeah. could say. Doesn't look like you know he's been in the gym or yeah. you know stuff. I'm trying so. to not go too jacked. When yeah, think about people. Yeah, yeah, but uh, because. I love him so much and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's constantly good and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going Billy Zane. You're going Billy Zane? I'm going Billy Zane Fuck for yeah, Tony. Fuck yeah, Billy fucking Zane. I'm going Billy Zane for Tony. Billy Zane for Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, you know, he can keep that, uh, that, I don't want to say grumpiness, but that stillness mm-hmm. that Tony has. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go Billy Zane because, you know, he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. You know, older character, and you got the the younger characters. Yeah, good. Um, I mean, Paul Giamatti might be a little old for hanging out with Joe, but since there's kind of like you know, organized crime, I guess you could say it's you know, you know sad, different people, like, different jobs. He, Joe was like a bit green too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a bit newer to the game. But my alternate for for Caesar would be uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that's my that's my alternate. But I'm going with Thomas Hayden Church. So you'd have Billy Zane. Uh-huh. It's Tony. It's Tony. Rob Mays as Joe. Rob Mays as Joe. Rob, Rob Mays as Joe. Paul Giamatti as Mario. And Tom St. Church as Caesar. Okay. So Paul Giamatti as Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Gosling as Joe. Okay. I'm going to steal Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Caesar. Because <laughs> I can't think of anyone for Caesar. And I think he would do pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. And Kyle McLaughlin as uh, as Tony. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I was like, I ah, like that. Who, who's someone who can like hold a pretty good gaze? Mm-hmm. I like it. And like is is like older, but not like too old. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Well, he's in his he's in his sixties. Yeah. But you know, Billy Zane's not not too far from there. No. Yeah. Actually, I think Billy Zane is in his sixties. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. All right. Let's have some real fun. All right. All right. All right. Who's Pierre? Who's Pierre? Yeah. Needs someone intense. But like not too intense. Mm. Henry Rollins. No. I'm kidding. No. I was thinking Henry Rollins for a bit. There was like, no, let's not do it. No, mm. no, no. Um... Javier Bardem could be good. Javier Bardem would be really good. Because, um... Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin would be good, uh, Tony. Um, I'm going to stick with my Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. I don't think Billy Zane got enough... Enough for... Enough, uh, I think people people got mad at him for doing Phantom. I don't know why. He's great in Phantom. He's great. He's great. It's fun in that. I mean, he was great in that Tales from the... Dark Side movie where he has one of my favorite lines ever. Do you know what that line is? Is it the one where he's freaking out and yeah. everything? Yeah. I'm tired of this cowboy shit. You fucking hold on, hold on, well down there, motherfuckers. <laughs> fucking love that delivery. <clears throat> Just so good. He does a little dance too. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. This movie's mm-hmm. fucking great. Mm-hmm. Solid movie. You have our highest recommendation, I think, to anyone listening. Or watching, I don't know how you are, but you know if you are to, <laughs> you know, watch watch Rafifi if you get the chance. Watch yes. it. It's not one of the to anyone who may be concerned. It's not a weird like art house movie. It's it's a heist it's, movie. It's, it's a, very straightforward. It's a heist noir movie. It's very good if you have the ability to see it. See it. It's a great movie with some lovely jewels in it. You know, it's a you know it's another place to get some lovely jewels at. The contest we are running. The contest. The contest where you can win my copy of Lost Highway on DVD. Uh, need some uh, some people to do some uh, ratings on our podcast. Uh, you can do it on, on um, oh, what's that Spotify one? You can throw some stars up on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. But uh, if you write a review on Apple Podcasts, it would be really appreciated. Again, it you know it, if you hate the podcast and you give us like a horrible review, fine, just give us five stars. Um, 
But, uh, you know, we're just trying to get more people to notice the podcast. So we just, you know, want to give back a little bit, plus ask for a little bit extra because we do enjoy that, you know, we get we have a good bit of people that actually listen to the show. And uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. So, again, when you do this, do it soon, because uh, Thanksgiving, we will be announcing the winner. Uh, so far, we got somebody in mind, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there is somebody that's uh, that's nipping at the hills. So somebody's gotta got if they want to, they can try to knock them off that uh, pedestal. And this is open to absolutely everybody. Everybody doesn't everybody. matter. Everybody. So give it a go. Uh, even if you don't have an Apple account, just uh, grab a friend's iPhone and uh, rate us on there if you want. You could do that. Uh, just. Make sure you let us know that you are the one that did it. And Naveed, uh, how could they go about doing this? I'm going to be myself with the spirits of the social readings, mm-hmm. as we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on our socials with Instagram with at lobby underscore boys underscore podcast. You can email us any uh, unusual questions you may have or any of your heist plans with lobbyboyspod at gmail.com. You can follow our Twitter with uh, at lobbyboyspod. You can join our Facebook group, Lobby Boys Podcast. Our mm-hmm. cover art was by Daniel White. You can follow him on any of his socials with at birds in boxes. Our theme song was Way to Go, performed by Nothing But Stars Inside. You can find him on nothingbutstarsinside.bandcamp.com or on Instagram with that Nothing But Stars Inside. With all that being said, this has been Monsieur Navid. This is uh, Terry, the forger. Forge. I'm going to forge. Forge from the X-Men. No, I'm going to forge food. Forage for food. Yeah. Forage. I'm forager. I'm the forger. You still love forge from the X-Men, though. Yeah. All right, guys. Once again, we appreciate you so much. We enjoy the fact that you have made it to the end of every episode and we appreciate it. And we have some interesting things in the works as usual. We're working on some stuff. Things are happening. And I want to say that um, I just want you all to remember one thing and go about it in the night. Nothing can really be interesting if there isn't some Rafifi. Good night, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.